This is the Writer's Mindset Podcast. Formerly called the Writer's Cookbook Podcast. With me, Christina Adams. And me, Ellie Betts. We're here to inspire and motivate you to overcome the roadblocks holding you back in your writing career. With some tough love, some hard truths and serious reality checks. Let's get started. Shout out to our newest patrons, Natalia Lowe, Mary Beth Bratzloff and Cassie Kelly. You can support The Writer's Mindset over on Patreon for less than your favourite coffee a month. If you join our community, you'll get access to bonus episodes, exclusive discounts and much more. And we'll be eternally grateful for your support. Yes, as will Frankie and Millie for the extra pet treats we'll be able to get for them. To join our community and find out more, visit writerscookbook.com forward slash support. <laughs> so, personal updates. Do you want to start this week, Ellie? I can start this week. I haven't had too much going on this week. I have mostly been binging Fleetwood Mac on my Echo uh, whilst planning my short film script for my uni assignment. My neighbours love it. One day they'll realise that I turn it up loud so they can't hear me singing along and they'll appreciate it. <laughs> my update is... I've still been too ill to get a lot done. That's always fun. Um, haven't done as much book editing as I would have liked, and it's putting me on the brink of being behind schedule, so I really need to fix that next week. But also I have had a stomach bug, which has meant I've been quite dehydrated, and like it makes it harder to function. So it's not entirely my fault, but it's still really frustrating. Yeah, I know you've been uh, putting your thumbs, is that the right term? Wanting to get on with stuff, but just feeling a bit rough. <laughs> yeah, that might be an understatement at this point. But anyway, shall we get started with yes. this week's topic? Today we are discussing, does it really matter if you are a pantser or a plotter? For anyone in our audience who is not sure then, what is pantsing? Pantsing comes from the phrase flying by the seat of your pants, which basically means you're making it up as you go along which is what a lot of writers do, and some people call it discovery writing instead. And so naturally plotting is the opposite then. Yeah, it's knowing what happens to who and to when, and then planning is more of an umbrella term, which includes your plot, your character bios, timeline, world building, and it can even include your writing and publishing schedule. And something I just want to say, a lot of people are like, I don't write down what I'm doing, but I know what's going to happen next in my head. That's still planning slash plotting. But it's actually really bad for your brain because you're holding on to all these things in your head unnecessarily, which can clog it up and make you feel more stressed. And it also means there's less room for all of your other ideas to come out and for you to process things and just focus more to get things done. Of course, we don't want to uh, push our brains too hard. There seems to be a never-ending debate, though, about whether each writer is a plotter or a pantser. I've definitely seen a lot of conversations about it on Twitter. I know that for sure. Or now, I've even seen the term plantser. Does it really matter? Should we be defining ourselves like this? No, and I, the, the more I kind of write and publish, the more I th it really irritates me that people keep digging themselves into these holes. Like, yes, I'm an advocate for planning and planning quite a lot. I think some people require more planning than others and some books require more planning than others. But defining yourself just puts you into these neat little boxes and why 
do you need to do that? Society will always try and put you into a box. Why are you putting yourself into a box and potentially holding back your writing process and your writing progress by saying, I only write in this way? That makes sense. There's no reason to force yourself. So in terms of the fancying versus plotting debate then, what works for you? What's what's your system? For me, it really depends on the project. I find that when it's the first in a series, it requires a lot more planning because you don't know the characters yet and you don't know where the story is going to go or what kind of story it's going to be. But for example, when I was writing Hollywood Destiny, my next Hollywood gossip novel, it didn't require a lot of planning because I knew the characters and I knew what was kind of going to happen. So it was a very short bullet pointed list in terms of what happens here and there and blah, blah, blah. I say short, it wasn't. It was probably about a page of A4 at least. And so that really helped. And I will always have a bullet-pointed list for my plot. I've got about seven books plotted that way at the moment. And I find that really helpful because it just gets rid of stuff out of my head. Seven. You've got seven done already. Well, bullet-pointed already. That's impressive. Something like that. I might be... Yeah. No, it is The system clearly works then. I like that you've got a working system. I can plot a book in about half an hour now, but if it's a new series, I find it harder. The further into the series, as I've said, the the easier it is because I knew the characters and I know which kind of buttons to push and when. Like, I like that. Also, when I was doing my ghost story, some of the stuff I figured out I needed as I was writing and some of the characters' roles changed based on, you know, this fitted better here and this fitted better there based on feedback. And you know every book is different and in fantasy in particular there is a lot more world building involved that I'm not used to and that's something I had to be very mindful of when I was going back and doing the edits because I realized that I knew all the stuff in my head but I hadn't articulated it in the book and so readers were confused about how the mechanics of people's powers and the ghosts and things and so you know if you are changing genres you need to understand those conventions what about you? What's your process like? I am definitely still working out my process. Obviously, you've done quite a few books now. You've got into a rhythm of how you work and what works best for you. But I'm still learning about myself in that way, I guess, and learning about myself as a writer in that way, which means, well, recently, I say recently, in the last year or two, I lent more towards the plotting side of things. So for instance, with Alex Warrington, which I'm going to keep name dropping, so I have to force myself to write it. Um, I have all the main scenes got out as little, uh, little what are they called on Scrivener? You know where you have hookboard things on Scrivener? <laughs> I have all of those on there, all the main plot points, scenes and stuff, so I can go in and do that. So yes, definitely leaning towards the plotting side now. Planning is more useful. I also find though that there is stuff that comes to me as I write. I know that still puts me on the side of plotting for sure, but I'll be you can write something in scene three that influences something in scene 33 and vice versa as well. So my my plotting is not to the nth degree, you know. There's there's room for it to expand and be remolded and mature. Yeah, it's it's like treating like line. something organic. Precisely, yeah. I I kind of see it like, um, I don't know if you ever had one in your garden growing up, but we had one of those archways that you weave flowers around. Oh, that sounds lovely. No, we didn't have guns. It was (laughs) until it collapsed, but that's not, we'll forget the fact that it collapsed multiple times during the weight of the flowers. My nan really liked her plants. And so mum and nan would weave these flowers around, but they could only control where things went to a certain degree. You know, sometimes the flowers would go off and maybe they'd stay because they look cool and maybe they'd get cut off. But that's kind of how I see any sort of, 
you know, novel writing is there is a degree of guiding it around that archway, but also some of it is probably going to go off on you a little bit. And you're like, I really didn't expect that, but actually it's kind of cool. I'm going to keep it. Or maybe no, that's ugly. It's got to go. That's a really good analogy. I like that. When I was a kid though, well, I say kid, when I was like in my teenage years, which is when I started writing a lot more, I literally sat down and wrote whatever came to me in that moment I didn't think ahead at all I had no concept of character development or story arcs or anything like that and I was just like yeah, I'm gonna write a four book series um these are the characters and I gave them all names and I decided like these two were gonna be together and they, they were together in like just chapter two and then after that it, it was just like oh we've got to see what happens <laughs> I still have it all it's um appalling but it you learn I think I learned from doing that you know just playing around with it and just delving in and having fun with it was definitely beneficial for me at the time. Yeah, there's a degree of like learning as you go, definitely. But you were still planning because at that point you knew it was going to be four books and you knew who was going to get together. That's still planning. Well, the only reason I didn't know it was going to be four books. Oh, I thought you said it was. I thought it you was, were planning it in advance. My plan was there's four elements. So I'm going to make each book about each element. I learned a lot playing around with writing by the seat of my pants back then definitely leaning more towards the plotting side when you're planning and plotting though how much detail needs to be in there for it to be successful it really does depend on the person but you do need to know where you're going and i say this because i tried to write a book for NaNoWriMo a few years ago now must be 2016 17 and i plotted it for the first time because it was a crime novel and i'd never written crime before and I went back to my plot on Halloween, the day before NaNoWriMo started. Some of you may be familiar with uh, this post-it note that's become a little bit infamous among the Writer's Cookbook listeners. Um, it said, Poppy finds out who the murderer is. I did not know who the murderer was. I had not planned that out. This is one of my favourite stories. Because, not because I'm laughing at you, because it shows how much you grow as you develop as a writer doesn't it it's yeah one of those things that you learn about yourself that okay i actually need to plan more than i'm currently planning <laughs> i need to work yeah. out the plot more than i'm currently working it out and now look at you you've got seven books already plotted out so yeah it's people come a long way i i forced myself to finish nanorimo to my own detriment because I almost quit writing altogether because I was forcing myself so hard to hit this 50,000 word count when I didn't know what the bloody hell I was doing or where I was going. And the murderer changed about three times and ended up being the main character who was an unreliable narrator and had killed someone in an act of self-defense, which actually was quite a good twist, except for the other like 40,000 words before it that were to shit. <laughs> so yeah, I would say at least know what your end point is and who the murderer is. You You don't, what's the phrase? You can't regret something if you learn something from it, basically. Yeah, you know, fair point. You learned a lot from that. And yes, you felt like shit at the time, but you came out stronger. I had to take a break from writing fiction after that, though. I did take several months off from writing fiction. And that's part of why there's a very big gap between when what happens in London and Return to New York were published. Because if I hadn't taken that break from writing fiction, I would have quit altogether. Because forcing myself to keep going on a book that I had lost my enthusiasm for just utterly ruined my love of writing. It ruined it. I can imagine. I can imagine. So what would you say for someone who's worried about planning too much then? Which is another worry, you know, it can go either way. Or if they feel like they've already told the story because they've written so much in their plan already, you know? One thing I've noticed is that people often use planning as an excuse not to write because it has a lower barrier to entry and it's often put on less of a pedestal and 
people see it as less intimidating. But the longer you put off writing something, the more intimidating writing that thing gets. I'm like that with a scene I bought to write for Hollywood Destiny. And, you know, I've had to delay writing it because I've been ill. But now in my head, it feels like the pressure is mounting to write this scene. Whereas a couple of weeks ago, when I had to prioritize energy on client work and actually being healthy, I was like, yeah, yeah, let's write the scene. I'm really enthusiastic. And now I'm like, oh, shit. You'll get there. Do you need me to give you a kick later? Yes. Tomorrow. Not not today. Today I'm going to sleep. Virtual kicks tomorrow. Incoming. No problem. Much appreciated. Tate will appreciate them too. Maybe not because that this scene is very mean towards her. Oh, perfect. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> but where's the line then? Where's the line between knowing enough of your plot to start writing and not having enough to write about? I really think it does vary from person to person and also sometimes from project to project as well. And instinctually... You kind of know when you can get started, but a lot of writers, particularly early on in their career, don't trust their instincts. But, you know, the more you do it, the easier it does get and the more you know what you need before you can get started. And if you're really not sure, then just start because you can always fix it in editing. It's much better to have something and be able to edit it to make it sexy than have nothing to edit. Because when you've got nothing to edit, that's when you're further away from your writing goals. And if there's nothing there, it push, it puts that pressure on you again, doesn't it? Because you think, oh, I've got all this planning, but I've got nowhere with the book. What am I going to do? Whereas yeah. if the other day when you had some time, you had just sat down, written a few hundred words or a few thousand words, whatever you could manage, at least if they're shit and they all need changing, they're there. You know, there's something there. You're trying to say I should go and write that tape scene after we've recorded this? Is that I'm absolutely saying? saying that, but maybe tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, you can always edit it. (laughs) Make it sexy later. (laughs) How would you say then planning, at least to some degree, that helps you stops you getting stuck? When you've got some sort of plan, you know where you're going, and also you know your characters, you know your themes, etc. So whenever you do feel stuck, you can refer back to them, and having something that you can refer back to, almost like your own Wikipedia for your work in progress, is really really helpful because not only will it give you material, but it will also reinvigorate your love and your interest in your progress, in your progress, in your project. And then you can feel reconnected with it. And if you go back to it and you don't feel connected after going back through all your notes, maybe it's not the right project for you or maybe it's not the right project for you at this moment in time. I see. So planning in that regard then is like having a map to help you find your way through the forest. You know, if you hit a block that stops you, you can refer to the map to find a way around it instead of just turning around and giving up. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I like it. This was all very informative, wasn't it, lovely listeners? We now move on to our book of the week. I think you have one for us this week, don't you? Yeah, this week we're talking about Chris Fox's lifelong writing habit. And Ellie and I read this at the same time with a couple of other people from our crit group. And it's one of those books where some of the stuff in it does seem really obvious, but hearing it from someone who knows his shit and who has been there, it really means a lot more than when your friends are just stating the obvious to you. It does. Just seeing it on the page from someone who you know has done this and has clearly been successful from doing this, you know, it just sort of gives you that lap sometimes to wake you up doesn't it yeah and i really like that he has the writing activities in it but he also lists them at the end and a lot of non-fiction books don't do that and it drives me mad it's like i would rather power through and then come back and go through them at the activities at the end and most books with activities at the end of each chapter 
make that really difficult. They want you to do it there and then, but I'm like, actually, I would like the context of the activities and to understand why they're beneficial. And sometimes you need the extra, you need the next chapter before you can do that. Um, Yeah, everyone's different. Having the option there is the best way around it, I think. Yeah, I really like it. So what is our listener book of the week this week, Ellie? Uh, Book of the week this week is from our lovely listener, Stuart Page. He recommends The Master and Margarita by, and this is another name I'm probably going to butcher, Mikhail Bulgakov. He likes the themes running through it, including atheism, censorship, lots of stuff about the Soviet Union, which is all very interesting, obviously. And it also includes his favourite depiction of the devil ever, which sounds like a very good read. Yes, very intriguing Indeed, I have to add it to my TV red bar, which is taller than me, but that's not hard anyway. If it's digital, it's not as intimidating. <laughs> I don't know. Eventually, I'm going to write an out of space on my e-reader. Probably. <laughs> Hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for joining us. If something we have said has resonated with you, don't feel alone in your thoughts or questions. Come hang out on our free Facebook group. It's a safe place to talk all things writing, mental health, and publishing. You can check it out at writerscookbook.com forward slash Facebook group. And if you want to hear more from us, don't forget to tap that shiny, shiny subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. To support the podcast's future so that we can help more writers overcome their creative roadblocks and achieve or even exceed their writing goals, you can support us on Patreon for less than a coffee a month. And for that total bargain price, you'll get to request podcast topics and submit your book of the week, nab exclusive discounts on writing courses and get to listen to bonus episodes. That is a lot. Visit writerscookbook.com forward slash support if you want to find out more. See you next time.